Right, who is ready for Christmas? <laughs> Andy's very ready for Christmas. Anyone have got their Christmas... Sonia, you, you ready? Everything done? Christmas tree up? Oh, come on. That's amateur hour. Come on, you can't have your, your Christmas tree up by now. Anyone, anyone, any other Christmas trees up? No, not yet. Any, any, any outside decorations on? No. Um, anyone who's finished their Christmas shopping? Meg's finished. Andy's finished. Andy, have you done any Christmas shopping? <laughs> or you could also say you're finished if you don't have anything to do. <laughs> um, who's planned their Christmas menu? This is the most important thing. Yes, Debbie, nice. Nice, very good. Um, any Christmas light switch-ons? We went, was it last week? I can't remember. The weeks are blurring into one at the moment. Um, huh? It was very memorable, yes. Um, so it seems like there's quite a lot to do over the Christmas season. It gets very busy. Um, and before you know it, you get no time to plan and consciously reflect over the season. Um, you can kind of bounce from one event to the other. Too many mince pies are thrust upon us to, for us to think straight. Um, so actually, it was quite fortunate this morning that we looked at the preaching schedule. And we had one spare week after Ian has just finished um, the last series before we begin Advent next week. And I thought, one week before, let's have uh, just a space where the chaos of Christmas hasn't taken hold yet, where we can actually intentionally look ahead at the Christmas season um, and look about what we can expect um, and how, in line with our journey to follow Jesus, we can intentionally look more like Jesus as we celebrate his birth and spend time with some friends and family. Because um, it's very, very easy, I, well, for me, uh, to fall in the habit of just attending Christmas events. Um, and we can declare, we can sing carols, uh, declare that Jesus is Lord. We can say that Jesus is the real reason for the season uh, and other such tropes. But while we're doing that, we can continue to live out lives that don't look very different from our neighbors who don't yet know Jesus. Um, so I think the real question uh, this Christmas is, what is God speaking to us over the season? What is God revealing to us that transforms our hearts? And how do we live out this transformation this Christmas time? Um, this is something that I've wrestled with over the last few years. Um, specifically, I found myself caught up in the excitement and, quite honestly, in the materialism of, of Christmas. Um, and I kind of justify that by being generous and saying, yes, I'm, you know, held captive by this, but I'm giving things away, so that must be good, okay? That, that, that must make it okay. Um, but also, historically, I've found myself going in sort of the opposite direction and avoiding a number of traditions in the name of sort of religio religiosity. It's quite a difficult word to say. Um, so I'm not going to go to that event. I'm not going to partake in that uh, tradition as it doesn't celebrate Jesus directly. And I think this can be an equally dangerous position for us to find ourselves in, one where we retreat from those around us whom God has called to be salt and light to. Um, and in reality, God has given us uh, both the tools to celebrate and commemorate the gift of Jesus during this time and to continue to be part of those seasonal events, despite the fact that they don't always point or celebrate Jesus. So how do we do this? Well, um, this morning during this uh, two-hour talk, uh, I'm going to be using the lens of our rhythm of life at OCC that I think can help us give us a fresh perspective uh, on the expectations of this season, give us a framework how we can be more intentional about our time over these next few weeks. So let's um, dive in. So let me just pray first. Lord, I just I thank you for Jesus, and I thank you that we get to celebrate his birth during this season in so many ways. His birth that eventually led to his death and his resurrection for us. I pray as we look towards this season, 
Some with excitement, some may with anxiety due to past experiences. I pray you'll be with us and speak to us as we direct our hearts to everything we have been given. Amen. Right, so first off, up. Um, so for those uh, of you that maybe knew her, haven't heard this before, up is our direction where we focus our attention on Jesus and worship him through a passionate loyal loyalty to him. Uh, are there any particularly good gift givers in the room? Anyone that sort of remarks on their good gift giving? Yeah, I'll get on, I'll get on to that. I'm, very, I'm a very good gift giver. But I want other people to also... And Andy must be a very good gift giver if he's done already. No? No. Not, not standing up now. Um, maybe some strategies that I've heard, if you're not a good gift giver, is maybe to listen during the year if someone says that they want something. Maybe you write them down um, and remember them for come Christmas time or pick up things they like. Or you could do lots of research into a particular hobby and find the best gift for them. Um, I am a very good gift giver and also very humble. Um, but I would like to, what I like to do is I like to fake Jess out with a, a fake present before gi- get, giving her the real one so she's disappointed and then elated. So I really like to like, lower the expectations. Um, there was a year that I got a, a necklace with the letter P on, as if I was expecting her to walk around with my initial around her neck. She was not very happy, but then I revealed the true present of a, a very nice necklace. Luckily... Yeah, you've got to let it, let it stew for a while, haven't you? Yeah, the next day. Yeah, 24 hours. Uh, it wasn't, she didn't wear the necklace, what the, the pea necklace wants. Um, not, um, but now, for us, having, ch- having children, um, especially Phoebe, at Christmas is a whole different event, um, and Jess and I have really enjoyed seeing it through Phoebe's eyes. Um, she is a completely spoiled individual with many doting grandparents and aunts and uncles, uh, it's great to see her opening a present and going completely wide-eyed in amazement for this new toy or item of clothing. Um, even if it's a small thing, it doesn't matter to her. It's, it's exciting. Um, and evidence of this recently uh, was that she was given a rubber duck, uh, and this rubber duck is now her favorite toy. I think it's a free thing that an aunt got from a hotel. Uh, now it's the favorite thing, the duck above all things. Uh, and last night I had to find pajamas for the duck so it wasn't cold. Um, which was, uh, yeah, interesting challenge. Um, but Jesus says to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to become like little children. So as we uh, remember this Christmas, we've been given the greatest gift, far greater than anything has been given to us on earth, more immeasurable and eternal than anything that anyone has given to us. So how do we act given this gift to us? Um, in amazement and wonder, just like Phoebe does when she gets a duck of all things. Because Phoebe has done nothing to deserve this gift that we've given her. We give her things because we love her, and it's the same for us. Freely given was Jesus, freely given to us to carve a way forward, a life lived to demonstrate a way to live in the light of the love that was freely given to us and made available through his death and resurrection. Amen. Um, And this is a bigger gift than we can ever understand or ever comprehend, the magnitude uh, of this gift but we can still worship even in our, in our not understanding, sometimes even in our, in our unbelief, we can still worship. Um, and there were some blokes who were in a very similar situation, maybe even three of them, that also didn't fully understand what they'd seen, but they knew how to respond. Um, so let's dive into Matthew 2, 1 to 2, and moving on to 7 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
For he saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them to go to the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on the way. And there it was, the star they had seen of its, at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. When they saw Jesus, they fell on their knees and worshipped him and gave him gifts fit for a king. There's going to be some times over this next month where we meet and we can worship God together. Um, but most of the time, we won't be gathering here and we can find ourselves in very, very different places. So I just want to encourage you over this next season to, I think, intentionally, where can you pray um, this season? Where can you invite God into the spaces in your life that we don't always invite God into? Invite God into the stressful Christmas morning kitchen. Invite God into the boring school play. Invite God into the difficult situation with your family. Maybe try and find 10 to 15 minutes away from the chaos. Lock yourself in your room and just spend time with God. Or if that is impossible, if you are literally um, completely, you literally can't pull yourself away for 15 minutes. Something that I found um, helpful is praying during menial jobs, uh, like washing up or peeling the spuds. Spend doing it with God together um, and pray as you're doing those activities um, into what God is speaking to you. So I personally don't have any gold, frankincense, or myrrh lying around my house. I'm not sure about you. Um, I may have some electroplated cufflinks and a few cumin seeds, um, but I do have some money. I do have some resources and some time to offer up to God during the season uh, for the purposes of his kingdom. Just as the Magi gave their gifts to the king, I can give my gifts this season. And if we look at our time, um, specifically, it's, it's technically we will have the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours. I know a lot of us have different responsibilities the way that, that time is used. But when we look at what we spend our time on, uh, it's often an indication of what we worship. Uh, and gee, I have been worshipping a lot of Black Friday deals this week, which is um, slightly concerning. Um, they definitely don't give me the same sense of overwhelming joy. So I'm ch challenging, challenging even myself to take time to find the joy in the gift of Jesus this season. And for that, I need to spend time with him and remove myself from those other distractions. Um, moving quickly on into our in direction, um, this is about our relationships with other believers and our commitment to each other as a, as a body of the church lived out through authentic friendships within our community. Um, and classically, Christmas uh, is the time where we spend with our earthly families, um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, we're invited to, to be a blessing to our earthly family and to honor and love them. Um, but let's not let that be an excuse not to spend time with our church um, family this Christmas. Let's make time for one another. 
We see a wonderful example of Jesus uh, when his mothers and brothers um, come to see him. Um, and in Jesus' kindness, he calls his disciples, his mother and his brothers, and says, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And with that invitation, Jesus is calling us into his family. And we stand here this morning as brothers and sisters to Jesus, adopted through his sacrifice for us. There's something different about gathering as believers, our shared hope in Jesus, and the transformed lives that we lead with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we should continue to meet, to support one another, and encourage one another. Um, because this is our, part of our growing, this is part of our education, this is part of our development. As we hear how God is impacting each other's lives, and as we disciple one another in everything that we're, we're learning about who God is, even some of the things that we've heard this morning, the testimonies we've heard this morning, they're growing our faith in terms of what God can do for others and ourselves. We get to demonstrate to others that our life built on are modeled after Jesus. Our faith grows and our ability to put God first and our lives grows too as our faith increases. This has been a really tough year for us as a church and for many individuals and families here today. It's not been an easy one. There's a whole lot of stuff that everyone here is dealing with um, and through, despite the hurt and the pain, we still see the Spirit of God move, and we've, we've heard that this morning. God is still giving people the freedom, and they're giving, him, giving them an assurance in him. Above all earthly situations, whatever life might be throwing at us, no matter how grave those situations are. So let's try to make our meetings this Christmas time be filled with the accounts of God's blessing over the past year. And the hope we have in spite of everything we've gone through this year, let's choose to speak all that, all that he's done for us and to worship him and to praise him. So as we look forward over this next month, let's continue to meet with one another. Let's carve out time to celebrate Jesus together and to share the hope that we have in him. Now, um, thirdly, we also have our out value. So this is uh, where we demonstrate the love of Jesus practically and courageously as we step out on mission into the everyday spaces. So we don't mean necessarily overseas mission. This is about the everyday where we're all called to be, no matter where that is. And we don't do this in our own strength or for our own egos to build up a huge ministry but as a natural response and genuine desire to share the good news and to give out from what God has given us. Um, so, yeah, let's move into Luke chapter 2, um, verses, uh, starting from at verse 18. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven 
and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told, they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. We are, we are those all, all people this morning. We share in the same good news, the great joy that will be for, for all of us. We live in this new truth and get to share this with a world that desperately, desperately needs to hear it. I think for me personally, over the last few years, I've found a reluctance as, uh, on my part to speak with those that don't yet know Jesus um, about the significance of Christmas to me, as in my mind, the secular people that Christmas often enjoy has become its own distinct thing. It's now its own, uh, its own thing. It, you, know, you can do an entire Christmas without, without any, any, any uh, speaking of Jesus during that time. But in reality, in actual, there are people out there that want to hear about this this Christmas, and actually, it actually creates a good opportunity. During this time of year, people are naturally more curious what it means to us, what Christmas means to us, how we're celebrating it, who Jesus is, and actually, what does the adult Jesus, um, who's the, the adult Jesus that we follow, rather than just the, the baby in the manger. Now, it is really, really important to share the truth verbally. Um, it's important to de declare the truth, to proclaim, proclaim the gospel, proclaim the good news and the truth of who Jesus is. That's not only how we're to do it. Because if I think about my own, how I came to faith, it wasn't just about hearing about the love of Jesus. It was experiencing the love of Jesus. And that was carried out by the people in my life at that time that were carrying that out, which were loving me as Jesus loves me. Um, and I think this season gives us a really unique opportunity to do, to do that, showing hospitality to those around us so they can see Jesus in our lives. And this doesn't need to be big. I feel, you know, even when I'm hearing someone else talking about this, I can think, oh, I have to do a big event, invite lots of people around. You don't need to invite half of the town uh, to your Christmas dinner with you. You'll be pleased to know. Um, this starts just like Jesus demonstrated with the one and the two. Those people around you that you already probably know them in your lives. It starts with a simple invitation. Can I, do you want to go for a drink this Christmas? Do you want to come up around for some food? Or it might start with someone that you know who may be on their own this Christmas. Um, for those in our society that has rejected and again following in the footsteps of Jesus. Um, I think actually invitations are a bit easier this time of year because it's normal to have people around at Christmas. It's like the done thing. So actually, let's use it's not there's there's an element of weirdness that's removed from it. But I also think there's an opportunity this Christmas to be uh, more inv involved with your community this Christmas and to help make some of those festivities that much brighter. Even if in those communities they've decided not to include Jesus in their Christmas events, we get to be the ones to bring the presence of Jesus into those spaces. And that's not me making any type of political statement. 
I'm just pointing out that we still get to share Jesus during the season to those who see Christmas as very different to us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There are people in all of our lives, in all of our communities, who are desperately searching for Jesus. And we're invited as part of establishing God's kingdom to show them who the Jesus is that we worship during this time. And lastly, down. Our focus on deliberate rest in God, celebrating all he has given to us. Right, what's, what's good? Who knows what's good? Sleep, that's good, yeah. How about Yorkshire puddings? Yorkshire pudding's good? Are you Yorkshire pudding fans? How about sausage, onion, and sage stuffing? Yeah, homemade mince pies? I think they are good because, number one, they're delicious, and it's a great time of year. And number two, God has given them to us to bless us, as my Yorkshire pudding theology for this morning. If there's one thing you remember, Yorkshire puddings are good. <laughs> Get out. Um, not only due to the overspilling of our joy as we uh, reflect on who Jesus is and how it was freely given to us, we want to share that good news, so that should be a natural response to the sharing of the good news, but we also get to celebrate it, the joy. The word is joy. It's, uh, it should be a wonderful time. Let our joy be known as we congregate around the dinner table this Christmas. Let's thank God for all he has given us. Enjoy the food that we are so fortunate to have. Throughout the, the Old Testament, we see God instruct the Israelites to keep holy festivals and feasts as a chance to remember who God is and what he's done for them and to meet together as his holy people. But also during those times, as an opportunity to rest, because there is an element of worship in our rest as we stop striving and put our faith in God to meet our needs. What we accomplish in our own strength is minuscule compared to what we can accomplish in God's strength. And there is a part of our worship where we deprioritize our own efforts and reprioritize God's spirit and the power of God's spirit in what we can't achieve or accomplish. And it takes us to actually take a step back and saying, actually, I'm probably not helping this situation. I'm my strength. I need to rest and have faith that God can continue the work. So whether you have some time off over the season, and I pray that you do have find some time um, to rest, or for whatever reason you're not able to do that, I'd encourage you just to be a bit, bit more intentional about slowing down and taking some time out to enjoy what God has given to us. I think that's especially very difficult in sort of a modern busy life for the modern Christmas. We're seeing as many people as we can. We're going to as many events as we can. School plays, different community events, seeing uh, relatives, which is all great. But if we do that at the expense of uh, spending time with God and to rest, then it's, it's, it's not, not the done thing. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, 
and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. I don't know um, what your relationship is with Jesus this morning um, and what the Christmas period has in store for you. But I know he wants to make his presence known more to you, whatever that looks like over these next few weeks. And that might mean trying to slow down a bit more this year, refusing to get into the festive bustle and hype, or it might mean extending an invitation to those who've been rejected around you. So as we celebrate his birth and everything that ushered in over this next period, let's not go through the motions or fall into tradition for its own sake. Let's worship the arrival of the king as he's called us to. And it begins this morning by inviting him into your heart. So we're just going to take uh, five to ten minutes now, uh, just as we're drawing our service to a close. And I'll put some discussion questions. Hopefully some discussion questions will come up. Oh, no. Um, there we are. Perfect. Um, so yeah, just uh, just take five to ten minutes um, just to um, ask yourself these questions, um, and just let's just plan out how we're going to be uh, responding to Jesus over this Christmas period. Um, just take five ten minutes. Um, alternatively, if you want to receive some uh, more of Jesus this morning, then I encourage you just to sit and invite him into more of your life. Maybe there's something that's stopping you doing that this morning, some uh, stronghold that you're keeping or some element of your life that you've not given to Jesus. So I just encourage you just to pray into that uh, as we just have this moment of quiet. And if you'd like someone to help you do that, if you'd like some prayer, um, I'd invite you up to the front. I'd love to pray with you um, as, we just, um, as we just wait. So let's just take um, five to ten minutes um, and then um, Alan will come and uh, finish with the song.